I feel more me than maybe ever before. So I'm happy. I'm really, really happy. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tripology. I'm Alan and I'm here with the ever mountainous Adam. Oh my goodness, Alan, it's so good to hear your voice. How are you doing, mate? It's been so long. It's been a while since we've spoken, hasn't it? Because we were there, we were together, we were in Canada, we were having a whale of a time. But now, here I am. I'm in the mystical, beautiful, mountainous indeed land of Nepal. It's incredible, mate. You, um, I know you'd wanted to go there for some time. I know that your journey was quite the undertaking and I can't wait to hear all about it. It's been incredible, man. I just want to share with you and the Tripology audience, because it has been a little while since we've spoken. My goodness, I, I really just want to lay it all out. I was anxious about this trip in some sense, Adam, because it's been a little while. It's been all of you know the pandemic era and I went to Canada and lived there for two years and then you know god knows I went to Belize and Guatemala and Mexico but never really delved into the kind of long-term beautiful travel that we're really into anthropology it's been so long since I've done that and I was I was nervous I was thinking is this gonna do the same thing for me as it used to do and I'm happy to confirm that the second I landed in Kathmandu and got off that plane, I feel like me again. Wow. Wow. What you're describing. I've had that feeling before. It must be like a breath of fresh air and you're, you know, back to your roots in some sense. Yeah. Listen, I want to talk to you all about it because it's been a really transformative trip already there was the initial anxiety of okay so travel used to be this guiding light in my life this sort of long-term one ticket overland travel and because it's been a while I was concerned but from the moment I arrived a series of events have led to me sort of reconnecting with the idea of travel and I want to talk you through those I landed and almost immediately the hustle the bustle of Nepal has kind of spoke to me in a very visceral way I took local buses from the airport and the people are so helpful Adam took two local buses and went through this market space my very first interaction with Nepal was walking through this market area to my hostel there's power lines all chaotic all structured wound around poles going to their various destination there's people selling all sorts of trinkets and objets d'art on the side of the road there's motorcycles whizzing past there's the general smog erupting from exhaust fumes but then also there's hidden beauty there's little little stupas tucked away little monuments to shiva and to buddha and like just some amazing fragrances and the smells of foods and everything it's beautiful here oh my goodness it sounds like a sensory overload of it it's one of those places where you just don't know where to look 
It's definitely one of those places, yeah. And talking of a little travel anxiety, I arrived in my very first hostel and I was sort of having a little meal and, and getting acclimatised and all that. And there was a group of backpackers over in the corner. And I honestly, mate, I thought to myself, how is it that I used to interact with these people? Like, what was it that I used to do? I used to be so social in hostels. What Goodness, I don't really know how to make friends anymore. And thank goodness one of them was playing a guitar. So I managed to kind of get in there and have a little jam with them. And then that broke the social ice. And it's been an incredibly social trip since then i've made ever such good friends with a bunch of different people i've gone on little day excursions and day hikes with people from the hostel i've really just settled back into hostel long-term nomadic life oh that's so good to hear mate i'm so proud of you because um it's funny sort of dusting off the cobwebs and trying to remember how you interacted with other people. <laughs> yeah, and it's all, you know, it was so natural to me, like traveling for so long in the way that I did. And because it's been a little while where I've just done like working holiday visas and shorter trips, didn't know how I'd take to it, but it has been something that I've really, really enjoyed. And something you deserve as well, because my goodness, you've been working hard over the last few months. Yeah, man, haven't we just? We've both been working hard, you know, and this is back to old school tropology. When we first started, it was over the airwaves, wasn't it? A little bit of delay on the recording has to be edited out. I'm currently in a place called Chitwan in, oh, right. uh, in Nepal. I've left Kathmandu already, and I really want to talk to you all about Chitwan. This is like the jungle safari area but we'll t discuss that in a in a future episode because lots of exciting stuff's happened here but i really want to kind of give you visceral details about Kathmandu, and i was thinking i'd like to introduce an item on this podcast if i may go on please do <laughs> with no with no warning whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be called Alan's Miscellaneous Travel Item. Okay. Okay, yeah, an appropriate name. I'm sure it took you a while to think of that one. Yeah, it's going to cover miscellaneous travel topics in an item form. And on this week's episode, it's going to be things I like about Nepali people. <laughs> Okay. Positive. Really positive. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because I tell you what, mate, I really like Nepali people. Now that you've been there a week. <laughs> yeah. I think Nepali people are really great. Um, so thing number one that I like about Nepali people is the friendliness, the kindness. I can imagine it easily. Yeah. That's so lovely. You've experienced that immediately. It became evident to me immediately. I got out of the airport terminal and most people take a taxi. I decided to take a local bus. I asked a stranger, hey, look, I really need to go to this hostel. It's in this area. She told the bus driver where I needed to go. That bus driver really took me under his wing, made sure that the next bus driver at the interchange knew where I wanted to go. No way. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It really looked after me. And then walking through that, aforementioned market not one person not one person tried to entice me to buy anything bothered me harangued me harassed me asked me where i was from any of that stuff which you must know mate is a rarity isn't it in any 
foreign country backpacking location especially late at night when I was walking to the hostel so I've just felt incredibly safe and looked after and loved by the Nepali people oh my goodness I wish I was there with you and yeah that is very unusual to walk through a busy market and not be asked once you know try and get roped into buying some souvenir that you don't need was it sort of a local village market were they selling uh, food sort of produce it was this main area of Kathmandu called Tamil and it's really vibrant it's crazy there's all sorts of food stores there's all sorts of spice stores herbal stores trinket shops and all that stuff but there's also just motorcycles whizzing past (laughs) heavy foot traffic it's really crazy um so to be able to walk through that kind of space at night unperturbed unbothered i I mean i was very very impressed and then just the hostel staff and everyone like people could not have been kinder towards me and and that's just one of the things i really like about nepali people wow do they greet you as well are they quite sort of forward in saying hello to you and um you know while you go past them in the street will they often sort of wave and say hello and things like that well they greet you with namaste right Mm -hmm. which literally means i see the god within you which is one of the most beautiful greetings that you could possibly say to anyone Slightly more powerful than, hello, how are you? Jesus. Yeah, now I'm sort of thinking about hello, how are you, as if it does mean that. Because what does hello really actually mean? Hello. (laughs) I want it to mean I see the God within you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hello, how are you? I mean, it doesn't really have much meaning anymore in modern day, does it? That phrase is just something that we're so, it's so entrenched in our culture to say. You know, we often joke that when someone responds with, Uh, No, I'm actually having a really bad day, to be honest. And they start telling you their life story. We sort of shriek and go, oh, God, we didn't want those details. You're supposed to just say, yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I do get the sense that if if you replied to Namaste with like, oh, the God within me is terribly unhappy and perturbed and I'm feeling ever so depressed, it might elicit a similar reaction from the Nepali people. But who knows? So that's now made its way into your vernacular, has it? Are Are you sort of greeting people with namastes reciprocating yeah i'm namasteing it up with the best of them i nearly introduced this podcast by saying namaste and welcome to this episode of tropology but i didn't want it to get confused but with a yoga podcast or something like that so it's (laughs) interesting yeah i think it's a good i think it's a good greeting and I would like to move swiftly on from Namaste to just talk about the second thing I really like about the Nepali people, and that's just the overwhelming sense of honesty that they've displayed in all aspects of my interactions with them. I tell you what, mate, I was booked on a bus to Chitwan uh, from Kathmandu, but I was told by a lovely traveller that Tihar, the the big festival, the Nepali equivalent of Diwali, was happening, and the major event was that weekend. So I decided, do you know what? I'm just not going to get on the bus. I'm just going to stay in Kathmandu for this Tihar festival. And lo and behold, the next day, the bus company that I booked with sent me a text on on whatsapp and we're just like uh we couldn't help but notice you didn't get on that bus can you allow us to arrange you to a different bus free of charge and they just rescheduled the whole thing for me i thought that was so exceptionally honest because if the equivalent thing happened with the national express bus or a mega bus in the uk you'd have just lost that money wouldn't you yeah completely yeah not only is that very honest but it's also fantastic customer service amazing customer service it's beautiful of them it's kind of them it's honest of them and it's just one 
more thing that I really like about the Nepali people. Wow. Yeah, honesty. And it's also amazing that you've been able to experience that in just your short time there, that people are very open and honest and um, I, I guess conscientious as well. Open, honest, conscientious, kind, more likely to undercharge you than to overcharge you. I tell you what, mate, I was going on a jungle safari and I had, I'll talk about the jungle safari in detail. Don't worry. I can hear those tropologists out there <laughs> thinking, oh, come on, this is the Kathmandu episode, not the jungle safari episode. Look, I know that. But just as an example of the kindness and the honesty and the beauty of the Nepali people, just today, I didn't have a breakfast included on my safari, but other people in the tour did. But they gave me a breakfast anyway because they could see that I was looking a little bit famished. And that's just part of the kindness wow. of the culture, you know? No. I'm trying not to burst into laughter. That's so funny. You can burst into laughter if you want. It might help to punctuate the episode. But they didn't want to leave you out. Were there any sort of, uh, were you with other backpackers? Yeah, other backpackers who had booked on like a comprehensive jungle tour. So they had like breakfast and coffee and lunch and dinner included. But I didn't because I'm a budget guy, you know. So I'm just in a different place. Didn't have the breakfast, but I arrived early to so as to not inconvenience anyone with my tardiness mm -hmm. and they said look listen mate everyone else is having a breakfast you have this omelet on the house do you know what i mean and that's just i love that about the nepali people yeah and, and that's all you need to know really the nepali people they've offered you the free breakfast there were no other backpackers or westerners or tourists that were saying oh he doesn't look like he's got a breakfast should we share some of our food with him uh, case case, <laughs> case in point yeah I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, really? It's very, very lovely. And just examples of that have littered my time here in Nepal already. It's been really beautiful. Another thing, Adam, that I love about the Nepali people is just the artistic, colourful, divine nature of some of their actions and goings-on and culture here. Because I'm here during Tiha, which is, like I say, the Nepali equivalent of Diwali, I've been witness to some amazing things. It, Kathmandu becomes a city of lights, lights draped on every building. There's these amazing pieces of art called Rangoli in front of every single house. Every like shopkeeper and just person really goes out of their way to jazz up the streets because of this festival and these rangoli they're like supposed to symbolize happiness and like uh they're devoted to the goddess laxmi and they're these beautiful colorful circles made of like quartz stone or sand and there's sometimes fruits in there as well make really beautiful images you can check them out on uh, instagram.com forward slash topology podcast um they're really colourful little pieces of art outside every bit of housing. Oh my goodness, what a lovely addition. It's just nice to witness that and all the Buddhist monuments and statues and it's just amazing, mate. I love the art and the culture and the vibrancy here. It sounds so vibrant. God, I wish I was there listening to you describe it. I feel like I'm there with you, but um, how amazing. What, what a lovely sort of aesthetic to be surrounded by. Yeah, I didn't realise how much I missed it. The last time I was in Asia was 2015, 2016. So it's been a long time since I've been exposed to those Buddhist temple, Hindu shrine, beautiful artwork, symbiology and all that stuff. So I really enjoyed getting my teeth stuck into that culture again. And you know, I almost considered signing up for a silent meditation retreat, but hasn't haven't as of yet. 
Speaking of which, mate, I think it's about time we go on a short meditation break. And just like that, our conscious minds returning into our brains. We're talking about meditation retreats, meditation breaks, because I love the art history and the culture of the Nepali people. Another thing, Adam, on this, Alan's miscellaneous travel item is, I love that the Nepali people are kind to animals. Wow. Okay. In which ways have you experienced that? Honestly, mate, mostly with the stray dogs. Oftentimes you're traveling and you see people being ever so nasty to stray dogs, don't you? We've talked about it on this podcast before. You've had some horrible experience with with people catching dogs and trying to eat them and all that sort of thing. Very much so. But the Nepali people, no, (laughs) no, no. They won't be like that with the dogs. They're very nice to them. They leave out food for the stray dogs. They include them in the festival because of Tiha. They've been adorning the dogs with these beautiful beautiful marigold necklaces and just treating them really really nicely um they're well fed they're looked after they have beautiful coats i saw a puppy wander into the middle of the street and nearly get hit by a taxi cab and about 10 people rushed to his aid tried to help him so they're really nice to animals of course quite a buddhist hindu culture a lot of uh, vegetarianism it's one of the things i love about the nepali people wow I'm, I'm noticing the way that you're rounding everything off with. It's one of the things I love about the Nepali people. That's so funny. Have you only just noticed that? It's one of my favourite <laughs> things about Alan's miscellaneous travel item. On Al's miscellaneous travel item, I always label the particular item. So this one is things I love about the Nepali people. And I'll always round out the section with the title again. I think that's one of the things that the people love about the section. <laughs> Oh my God. Reinforcing, reiterating. I love it. But going back to the animals, that's so, so sweet. Have you or can you get a picture of one of those dogs with one of those necklaces on? That'd be so cute. Oh, I'll try my very best. And if I do find one, rest assured, it'll be available at Instagram.com forward slash Tropology Podcast. I think that I'm looking forward to sharing all of my photos with the uh, Tropology audience. I'm about to go on a safari, Adam, here in Chitwan. It's going to be really crazy. Wow. So there'll be lots of pictures from that. One of my favorite things in in Kathmandu so far, though, is without trying to get too far ahead of myself, you know, because we'll deal with Chitwan later, is I met this really cool other traveler and, and I've been using the Hostel World app to connect with people. You know, you can go on Hostel World now and if you're staying in Kathmandu, it'll automatically put you in like a Kathmandu group chat. Oh, wow. Cool, they're smart people at Hostel World, aren't they? I know what they're doing. And if they really know what they're doing, they might consider collaborating with a young up-and-coming podcast. But who are we to say? Um, yeah, it's been a really good way to connect with other travellers. And we went on a little day excursion to Nagar Kot, which is a mountain outside of Kathmandu, in which during a sunrise, you can see Everest just in the distance for a brief moment like two minutes max as the sun comes up the Himalayas are sort of silhouetted against the sunlight and you can see Everest for about two minutes and then it disappears blasted washed out by the sunlight as the sun rises that sounds awe-inspiring my goodness it is mate but I've got a picture of it and I'll share this on the Instagram as well Everest looks ever so small from that distance. Well, yeah. Well, of course, we know that it's 
anything but small. We do know that, mate. But do you know what? It's smaller than the mountains next to it, which I, I understand isn't literally the case because of you know Everest is the largest mountain. But from the perspective of Nagar Kot, Everest is much smaller than the mountain to its right and to its left, which I'm not quite sure of the physics of that perspective change because I thought Everest was large enough that even at a distance it would look bigger than the things next to it. Sure. And, you know, I understand, I understand it's light and it's perspective and it's further away than the ones next to it and all that stuff. And you can't see depth from that kind of distance. But I just thought, you know, really... It looked quite small. Uh, does your photo showcase that? Does it demonstrate how small it looks in comparison to the ones next to it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got a photo of it oh, where you'll, you'll look at the photo and you'll think, oh, God, that's small. Listeners, keen-eared <laughs> listeners might have heard Adam's elation there when he said, oh, good. And that's because Adam's been running our Instagram for a little while. So he's absolutely overjoyed at the prospect that I'll provide him with a photo of Everest looking small. He's already <laughs> right in the description in his head. So if you want to see Adam's amazing social media posts, you can head there at Tropology Podcast. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to that photo, mate. I can't tell you. So what else do you want to know about Nepal? Oh, I'll tell you. I was going to gift you something um, because, I've, you know, I miss you. We had a good time in Canada together, didn't we? We did. We certainly did, yeah. And I'm, I was very sad that you left. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You were a really good host, mate. I love you immensely. So uh, I'd like to provide you with a gift, if I can. Over the airwaves, okay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, that's very sweet. So I've given myself this item, which I think has been an instant success, Owl's miscellaneous travel item, yeah? Yeah, I loved it. So I thought I'd like to give you an item as well, if I may, because I think we both should have a little item here on Tropology. And what I want your item, I didn't name it for you yet, but it's going to basically be Adam's food item. Oh, okay. An item of food. All right, well, we'll come up with a snappy, a pithy title. But yeah, no, I look forward to that. Yeah, if I give you the item as a gift, can you name it for me? Yeah, I'm not sure I've got anything to bring to the table, wink, wink, uh, right now. No, no, it's it's okay, because I'm considering this like, it's as if I'm, I'm giving you a dog for Christmas. <laughs> I have given it to you, and yeah. you have to name it, and I'm expecting you to nurture it going forward. But right now... You've got this creature, which I've sort of provided. But, you know, oftentimes I wouldn't give you a new dog for Christmas without providing you with a little bit of kibble. So I've prepared your food item for this week. Okay. Um, and basically, Nepali dishes, Adam, on your food item, ask me a couple of questions. Okay. I look forward to this. Now, I'd, I'd be surprised if the answer to this was no because I know that in many cultures this is true. But is there something that resembles a dumpling? The Momo. It's a very special type of dumpling for a very special type of person, and that's the Nepali person, because the Momo is a steamed or fried little sort of pastry shell dumpling containing either veg, chicken, sometimes beef. I've been partial to the veg ones on account of my ethics, but it's really, really nice, mate. It's really good food. The Momo, the Nepali dumpling. Wow, so I'm picturing something akin to a gyoza, right? Is there some is there a dipping sauce that goes with it or how, how do people eat it 
yeah, often a spicy, like quite a picante dipping sauce. I would say actually almost flawlessly um, toes the line between a pierogi, a pierogi, if you're from where I'm from, family-wise, um, Manchester. and a gyoza. Yeah, yeah. in Manchester we call them pierogies, mate. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say the Momo toes the line between the pierogi and the, and the gyoza quite flawlessly. Wow. Are they really popular? Are they like a street food item that you'd see, or are they for celebrations, or, you know, is it sort of a breakfast item? That's it, mate. You've, like an expert of your own item, guess correctly they're sort of a street food item obviously they're not market restaurant here version but for the main part it's the uh it's the old street food momo okay wonderful and there is something else that i think is prevalent in that part of the world have you had any lentils while you've been there i ain't had many lentils mate no you perhaps you've been misled or per- no 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 dal oh is that what is dal lentils is it <laughs> i think typically yeah oh then yeah, so this is why you're the host of the food item. My God, the dal's amazing. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like ambrosia, food of the gods. But yeah, there's uh, dal bat, which is the the like the national dish here. And typically it will be uh, a big dollop of rice. And mm-hmm. then you've got your dal and then a load of side yeah. bits, you know. You, which you we've just learned is made from. <laughs> yeah, apparently on Adam's food item, we've learned that that's lentil based. And then there's loads of bits around the side, you know, like different vegetable bits and all this. I found what I was led to believe was the best Dalbat spot in the whole of Kathmandu. They do like a Takali Kana set. And I'm just saying Nepalese words there in an effort to make myself sound informed. That's what they told me it was called. <laughs> and it's it's basically a Dalbat and... It comes on this big platter and you've got yeah. a rice in the middle and then almost like a clock face around the rice. Oh, yeah. You've got various items. So you've got your dals, your lentil-based dals. You've got little kind of crunchy, nutty bits. You've got sort of a, a, a spinachy-based thing. You like Every hour of the clock, a different item. And then they'll watch you as you eat. Right. <laughs> And and as soon as you run out of, of one of the items on the clock face, they'll replace it with as much more of an item as you desire. Initially, the clock face is just a tiny morsel of spinach, a tiny morsel of peanut, a tiny morsel of dal. And then as soon as it's finished, you can replace it, replenish it endlessly with much, much more of that item. Wow. Oh my God, and it just keeps coming. Is it, is it, Do you understand the culture of it? Yeah, is it not still sort of included in the price? Or how does that work? Do you have to pay more if you have... It's as much as you want, mate, for the price. And and let's get into the prices. That cost me, that experience cost me about 300 Nepali rupees, which is about, you know, $3. Oh my God, what am I doing, Alan? It's $14 for a cauliflower in BC. Mate, the, the prices. I mean, I don't want to punch through your section. And sew some sort of spiritual tapestry thread through into my section. But I mean, the price, it's just one of the things I love about the Nepali people is the prices of things are so <laughs> goddamn affordable, Adam. It's so it, reasonable. It's so reasonable. I mean, I've been drinking lassies. I've been eating momos. I've been having dal bat. I've been having just 
some of the most amazing food I've ever had. There's another thing called laughing. There's these things called laughing stations, which are basically like street food where they roll up various vegetables or meats if you're so ethically inclined into sort of tight pasta roll and then slice that in bits. You can have it wet or dry, fried. It's one of the spiciest, most beautiful Oh, goodness me. And it's getting my taste buds going even now. It's that kind of Szechuan spice, you know, that sort of numbing agent spice that we all love. Numbing. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're talking like a dollar for a big bowl of laughing. Oh, my God. It sounds delicious. Wowzers. Absolutely wowzers. Um, one thing that I think people don't talk about enough is the the kind of ritualism that goes or surrounds certain food and food culture. And... I think often the way that you eat something is as important for your overall experience as what you're eating. So talk to me about how you're eating it. Is there a lot of eating with your hands there or are there certain utensils they use more than others? Disappointingly, mate, it's a, very much a fork culture, very much a fork culture, fork and spoon, sometimes two forks. I've had, there's a dish called kima noodles, which comes with two forks quite oftentimes. Wow. Okay. You know, it's quite common, certainly in the Middle East, to eat with a, a fork and a spoon. Yeah, I don't mind fork and a spoon. But what, what, the reason I say unfortunately is because I would prefer chopsticks or hands. Not for noodles, but chopsticks. For- yeah, I mean, no one's stopping you from eating with your hands, are they? Yeah, you can't eat noodles with your hands, mate. <laughs> you can give it a damn good go. <laughs> give it the good old college try. <laughs> Lady in the trampet with a friendly um, passerby. Yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of that and all. So, I mean, we'll talk about that in the Lost and Found section. That's the section after the podcast. <laughs> and uh, fans will be happy to know they can hear all about that on our Patreon at patreon.com. <laughs> forward slash tropology podcast adam i mean there's too much to talk about frankly like i say Kathmandu, it's been such an amazing time i'd love to talk more about like i went to a gig in in Kathmandu for for the uh festival for tiha i was like listening to nepali music i was enjoying bit of the culture there i was going out with other travelers and and listening to these nepali singers on the side of the road people almost like caroling but with rock music it was totally incredible we're at risk of just me peppering you with a load of different experience i'm like oh i had laughing oh i saw nepali music i went to the top of a buddhist temple i saw everest at sunrise but you know what it is when you first go traveling after such a long time it's this bacchanalian beautiful unfocused unstructured thing i've just fallen in love with the concept of travel again i've fallen in love with the people that i've been traveling with you know i was i was i met this girl from georgia she's like this incredible person and we were walking around Kathmandu together i was just thinking in no other world would i have met you we would never have crossed paths and and that is the most amazing thing about travel, isn't it? You insert yourself into the lives of people that you would never have met. So it has just been this crazy thing. And I'm so, so glad to be here. I'm so, so proud that I've been allowed the opportunity to do this. And I'm, I'm so happy that we're kind of here together on the mics. I love that, mate. I love that to bits. And... I love you and I love the fact that you're doing this and that it's um yeah giving you everything that that you um want from it totally man it's still pushing that button it really is it's still like fulfilling my soul and I feel more me than maybe ever before so I'm happy I'm really really happy 
and I'm so happy for you, mate. I really love that you're out there and you're doing it and you're back to your old ways and you're feeling sort of fresh and energized and in tune um, and alive, alive. That's it. Totally alive. There's so much that I want to talk to the listeners about. There's so much to do. There's so much tripological wonder to embrace. Oh my God, Adam, we're here. We're in Nepal. I'm going to be going on safari. I'm going to be going on a big, long trek. I'm terrified of the delay on this recording. I'm terrified of the bad Wi-Fi. I'm terrified of all that stuff. But we know, if nothing else on Tropology, we can climb any mountain, we can overcome any barrier, and you know, we're all here in it together. Write to us at tropologypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff. We're here for you. We are the travel community, and we'll see you next week like a beam of sunshine hanging over the horizon will you go there with me now let's blast off adam hey sending all our love let's get there now cheers let's go bye Bye.